Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Have you ever wondered how athletes harness the power of supplements in this ever-evolving industry? Well, today we're going to delve into the landscape of the supplement industry for athletes. Joining me now is Jordan Boxer, Founder, Director of Sales and Business Development at Designs for Sport. That's a subdivision of Designs for Health. Hi, Jordan, and welcome to the NutraCast. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me. So how did you get involved in sports nutrition and you know, come to be the founder of Designs for Sport? Do we want the long-winded answer or the short, direct to the point? Let's go with the long version. Long version? Okay. So from a young age, I was always obsessed with martial arts. And that was sort of the sport I went into. And with that, I feel there was always this, like, draw to how you can enhance, like, you know, you'd watch martial arts movies. There's always these, like, magic potions and stuff you could take. So I think that was, like, ingrained in me when I was really young. And then I was in my mid-20s, and I was working full-time. I was in school, also had a part-time job, and I was training seven to ten hours a week to be an MMA fighter. And I had the energy to do all of it. What happened was I went on a trip on a cruise for my mom's birthday. On the way back, I got extremely sick. I dropped, like, 15 pounds of, of body weight, which was like I was already decently lean, so it was quite concerning. And no one really had an answer for me. And I went from having unlimited energy to absolutely zero energy. For about a year, I lived in sort of doctor's offices trying to figure out what was going on, and no one had an answer. And then I stumbled into one of my dad's friend's walk-in clinics, and he was a naturopath and a medical doctor. And he started talking to me about things about like leaky gut and inflammation and my adrenal fatigue, things now that I understood, but back then were gibberish. And that really kickstarted my journey into knowing I had to work in natural health. So I actually started my journey in this industry working more on the functional medicine side. And then I guess as fate would have it, I got connected to Charles Poliquin. I don't know if you're familiar with him. So he was the most winningest strength coach of all time. He actually had a facility in in Chicago called the Poliquin Institute. And we got connected. And then I started going down the the rabbit hole of like strength training and, and performance training and performance nutrition. And I got really obsessed. And that was about 2014. So I started working in the natural health industry back in like 2010, got really familiar with it. And then I got put onto the world of high performance. And yeah, I don't know if did that answer the question. I sort of lost yeah, so, myself into forgetting. <laughs> I, I I'm just curious. So was it like a gut health issue that you're experiencing, and do you have your energy back? I have my energy back. It was actually an acupuncturist uh, who really kickstarted me with a bunch of herbs and acupuncture. No one ever gave me an answer. So what I think happened was I'm a naturally energetic person. I think I was living on the edge of like adrenal fatigue level one the whole time without realizing it. And then when I got sick, my system collapsed. Because if I look back, I was I was attending university. I was working as an intern in finance. So that was a full-time job. I worked in nightclubs and I somehow found time to train pretty much like a professional martial artist. Like that's the amount of effort I was putting in. So wow. I just, I, and I didn't know anything about nutrition back then. I was eating like fried rice all the time, never had a protein <laughs> shake, uh, like 
ice cream post-workout. Like, it was really, looking back now, it was like I was, a, a disaster was going to happen. And then, yeah, I think that was it. I think it was just, I got sick, and that was enough to sort of break the the straw that broke the camel's back, and I was done at that point. Wow. So I love that you have a perspective of an athlete, but also have a functional medicine background as well. Yeah, I I think because I was never genetically gifted, um, <laughs> it would have really helped me to have that functional medicine background previous to all this stuff happening. But yeah, just how life turned out. So that was a few years ago. Fast forward, it's 2024. Mm-hmm. How far have we come? I mean, are athletes a lot more educated now versus back then? Depending on the sport. So, you know, we have Gary Roberts on our board. He was an NHL player from the 80s all the way to the 2000s. And he actually, we got connected because we have the same mentor, Charles. He was seen as a renegade back in the 90s when he started like eating healthy and weight training properly. Before that, it was almost like everybody was on a bread and pasta diet before they would go play, drink beer. Like, (laughs) There, there wasn't really nutrition was very loose. I do feel it's evolved. My personal opinion is that I think we've evolved out of necessity. I think the quality of food has deteriorated. I think um, we have way more stressors, and it's forcing athletes to to pay attention to their health and wellness a lot more than in previous generations. Like if you look back yeah. at how some of these people used to live, like the fact they could perform is crazy. Like they didn't have a diet, they drank other curricular activities, but they still somehow perform now. So I think what is interesting is people think athletes are these mythical demigods, but they experience the exact same health issues that the general population experiences. Like they all have leaky gut. A lot of them have parasitic infections or dysbiosis, a lot of inflammation. They can't sleep. Their adrenal curves are all messed up. And we just think because they're, you know, performing in a sport at this high level that they're safe from the same issues affecting us, but they're really not. So I think out of necessity, more and more of them are delving into this world. And also for them, you know, when you're making even a low end player, like a million to $2 million a year, playing an extra five years can change your financial life for the rest of your life. So I think there's Mm -hmm. also that factor where they're like, you know, you have some people like LeBron and, and Tom Brady who have extended these careers where. A generation ago, if you were 32 playing a sport, you were considered a veteran and your time was done. Now you have people playing into their late 30s, early 40s. So I think we're going to see more and more of that with each generation. Yeah, I agree. So what do you think athletes need to know about dietary supplements? So if you are an athlete in a sport that is drug tested, it's pretty much understood you have to take an NSF for sports supplement. That seal is necessary because you know that it's been tested for banned substances. So I think when athletes are looking at which supplements they should go to, I think they need the education everybody else needs. Like they need to understand that minerals come in different forms, vitamins come in different forms, absorption matters, dose matters, where you source the material from really matters. Like you got to get really invested in what you're taking. I think every single human needs to be concerned. Athletes, though, again, we're talking about careers that getting that extra one or two percent on performance could mean the difference between a five million dollar contract and a 40 million dollar contract. So I think having that ally in your camp or having your own dedicated dietitian or nutritionist or trainer who can help navigate that for you is really important. But I also think the athletes that take a real interest in it and you can look at it. There's more and more evidence like Steph Curry's really obsessed with it. Tom Brady. Sidney Crosby in hockey, like 
the guys who get obsessed and start putting that as a priority have long, fruitful careers. So it's almost like from a business mind as an athlete, it'd be worth investing in some upfront knowledge of nutrition and supplementation. Mm -hmm. So can you give us an overview sort of of the evolving sports and active nutrition space and what you're seeing out there? Yeah, so I think previously most players took the off season as an off season where they didn't really do much and they might have had their team dietitian or their team strength coach walk them through things. What I'm seeing more and more is athletes are developing a team of experts to support them. So when the off season hit, that doesn't mean that they're not doing anything. It means that they're going to invest in getting in the best shape possible during their off season. I also see that the lifestyle of like more and more athletes are are going towards a clean living lifestyle versus sort of that rock star lifestyle in the off season. And again, I think I had one athlete, I can't say his name, but he called us because he's in a combat sport and he was really interested in our product, the Neuromag Sport, because it's mag three and eight that it's the only form of mag that can cross the blood brain barrier. And he's been hit a lot. And he's like, I want to remember my kids when my career is over. So I think that you know, before where it was sort of swept under the rug, like injuries, especially, you know, TBIs and concussions, more athletes are realizing that they have a life after sport and are trying to set themselves up to enjoy that life as much as possible, where I don't know if that was really a concern, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm glad that more athletes are thinking about life after their sport. But also that was kind of that had to be kind of a sad call, too. Uh, well, I was a big fan of his, so it was a little weird, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> no, it, it was nice because he was like very open and he, you know, he takes our stuff and he's still taking it and, and that makes me happy. And, and, you know, like one of the big um, reasons we started Designs for Sport, I believe in something called trickle down health. So what excites me is as much as I like sports performance and athletics, the athletes starting to get really invested in their health and wellness is only going to have a positive effect on the general population. So I think as more athletes start talking about these health issues, it's going to cause the general population to look into it. And then I think we're going to get a net positive in, in health in our society. Yeah, for sure. And so we're talking about more of these high performing athletes, but we also have a lot of what we call active consumers. What are some of the things you're hearing from these consumers who have active lifestyles who maybe don't consider themselves athletes, but you know, they hit the gym a few days a week and try to stay active. So I think the educated consumer is growing. I feel like people are being sick and told what to purchase, and they're trying to do their own investigation now. So you notice at DFS, we don't really have any athletes that we sponsor with a billboard telling you what to take. And I, I think there's a big population that has been educated to know that people just get paid to say that something's good. Now what we're finding is people are really concerned about like, hey, where is this beef protein source from? Or, you know, especially did you I don't know if you heard that Gary Brecka podcast that was on Joe Rogan recently. Did you get a chance mm -hmm. to listen to that one? I did not. OK, so he went down the rabbit hole of methylation and my phone blew up with a bunch of people like you're talking about being like, hey, are your vitamins methylated? So what's funny for me is that I, you know, I've been in this industry now for over a decade I've known for a decade that you want your B vitamins to be methylated. Now the general population is starting to get into that conversation or they're starting to talk about like, yeah, you know, is your, is your whey protein grass fed? Is your beef protein grass fed? I don't really want any like red dye 40 or 
any sort of filler in the product that's going to make it not clean. So to me, this has been really important for a while. But what's interesting is more and more people are starting to wake up to the fact that, hey, if I'm going to take this for my health, I want to make sure it's clean and it's going to work. So I think COVID really kickstarted consumers to being invested in their health and wellness a lot more. One of the studies I was looking at said that ever since COVID, 20% of supplement users are new to taking supplements, which is crazy. So it brought Mm -hmm. a lot of people into the world. And now what people are doing is they want to make sure they don't just have expensive urine and they're making sure that what they're taking is actually going to have an effect on their body. I don't think everyone's looking at that. I still think you have your very price sensitive consumers. But, you know, the population you're talking about, especially if like they're investing in a personal trainer or, you know, they're investing in some sort of um, where they go for classes and they're they're investing their time and their money into that lifestyle. They want to make sure that the supplement they're taking is going to support that lifestyle to the to the best of its ability, because the effort of taking a low quality supplement and the effort of taking a high quality supplement are exactly the same. And then, yes, the price is different but really in the grand scheme of things it's not much different of a financial investment so that consumer is growing and i'm finding that it's not generation specific i think millennials have that sort of built in but i'm finding that the boomers are actually starting to get really interested in it even my grandmother called me because she needs magnesium she's 93 and she was asking me about the forms of magnesium because she listens to a like a free naturopath radio show every week on on her AM radio. So it's growing and it's cross-generational, which I find really interesting. That is, and I love that your 93-year-old grandma is like calling you for advice. Is that something you ever thought you'd get? (laughs) No, and also with her, I tell her it doesn't really matter. You made it to 93, just keep doing what you're doing. But uh, yeah, it's good that she's interested. And so you mentioned that podcast that kind of spurred some calls to you. Mm-hmm. Does that happen with other things that kind of pop up on TikTok and become super popular for, you know, a day or a week or a month? Yeah, all the time. I don't have TikTok. I, I'm I'm refusing and resisting to get my mind warped by TikTok <laughs> and not to have TikTok brain. But what's funny is sitting on the outside, you see how quick the trends are turning. So like Ozempic and then Berberus was everywhere. What's another one now? Uh, adrenal fatigue is coming in. So I just start, got started getting questioned on that. The Huberman effect is real, too. So, you know, Huberman, who's a Ph.D. in neuroscience, is now seen as this like expert in everything health and wellness. And what I find is when he says something, I'll start getting questions on like, hey, have you heard of this mag three and eight? It's like, yes, I've heard of the mag three and eight. We have it. Do you want some? <laughs> so it's <laughs> it, it's uh, it's an interesting part. When I started in this industry, it was very niche. And I think there were people who were granola types who wanted to live, you know, healthy lives. Now it is. Yeah, I think it's becoming very mainstream. And TikTok, I think, is a big influence towards that. Instagram's a big influence towards that. The barrier to media is sort of fading away. Like, you know, you're not having to spend a million dollars to get an ad space uh, to be part of a sport team. You can go on social media, something can hit and go viral. Now, I think the problem to that, and this is some this is something we've been trying to solve at Designs for Sport, where is the barrier for the knowledge giver? Like, how do you know that somebody's qualified? Mm-hmm. So one of the things at DFS is if you look at our board, we are filled with people that are like industry experts that might not be the most well-known on a big media front, but we're trying to become a voice that people can trust to know that like, 
hey, if you're seeing, like, let's say the methylated vitamins, we've been doing that. Okay, DFS is doing that. We must know it's good. Because the fear to things like, you know, and again, I don't want to talk negatively about Ozempic, but you're seeing the side effects now start to pop up in people and everyone wanted Ozempic and everyone got on that train. And then it's almost like, is this actually good for people or is it just another business that's popping off that people want to make money on? And I think natural health isn't isn't uh, immune to that sort of issue that can pop up, especially in social media, in a social media world. Yeah, you never really know what's going to go viral. Athletes are not immune to this either. Like when that Game Changer documentary came out, I was sitting in the Florida Gators locker room in their basketball team. I'm friends. I was I was I'm really close with the old strength coach there. And I was there just for like a week or two hanging out, training, like spending some time with the players. And the Game Changer documentary came out and then all of a sudden half the team wanted to go vegan. <laughs> so it was like, OK, well, is vegan really the right fit for you? I know you're seeing a documentary that clearly has an agenda. Is this good for you and your health and your career? So that is one thing I really try to temper people with is like it's easy to make something sound amazing, like it's going to be the next new thing. But having that awareness and perspective of like what really makes something beneficial can really help somebody out because I think people are easily manipulated on those platforms. Yeah. And some of them are convincing, but like you said, it's really important to have some experts on your board, people with the proper credentials yeah. versus these influencers that are often just getting paid and don't know too much about the product other than what the script says. Yeah. And one lesson that's really helped me out and I've heard it multiple times in different avenues. So like when I would train martial arts, my jujitsu coach would be like, never stop training the basics. My striking coach never stopped training the basics. When I started to become close with Charles and learning about strength training, nothing outweighs the basics. It's the same thing in nutrition. So when people ask me, like, how do I get started? Do I get kicked? Do I go to this new trend like, you know, Berberus and Ozempic? It's like, well, let's go back to the basics. Are you doing the right things? Do you have a well-balanced diet? Do you have some activity in your life? Are you sleeping well? Are you hydrated? You know, I again, I make my living selling supplements, but supplements are just a small part of living a healthy lifestyle where I think we have a sickness in North America is especially now since social media and everything. People want that instant quick fix. You know, anything that comes really quickly can leave really quickly. And, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So I tell people, like, get the basics under control. And then if there's still stuff popping up and you want to optimize past that, that's when we can start having that conversation. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned quite a few trends and things that you're seeing out there, but I'm just wondering, are there any trends that you're seeing specifically among female athletes? Yeah, so this is actually a big passion of ours. So we have a sports nutrition specialist at our company. Her name is Jill, and she was a very high level soccer player. And then her sort of body crashed in her youth when, when she was a youth. Um, you know, she's older now. She has a family, but she's still very passionate about health and wellness. And this sort of kickstarted her journey. And one thing that's coming up is Red's S is becoming a lot more popular. Do you know what Red's S is? No, please tell Re me. Relative energy deficiency in sport. It does affect men, but it affects men less. And I think that's because women, especially in their youth, are very concerned about body image. So basically, it's like you're a high powered sports car and you're running on fumes of like regular gas and your body starts to shut down. So there's something known as the female triad. 
Um, and that is very concerning. It's basically low energy availability, low bone mineral density because of your low energy availability and you're not eating enough food and menstrual disturbance. So 78%, I believe, of youth female athletes experience the female athlete triad. So you have 78% wow. of women in sport who are walking around with low energy, their bones are low minerals, and then they have irregular periods. How are they supposed to function as human beings? You know, it often got swept under the rug. I think that's becoming a lot more, there's a lot more awareness to that now. This is where supplements can really help because, you know, when you take a dietary intake of most female athletes who are in high school, it's like an apple, maybe a sandwich, and that's pretty much it for the day. They're getting like 30 grams of protein in a day, which is low for somebody who's not training. Now, imagine they're playing a sport plus weight training and dealing with school and all these other stresses. So that's become a lot more common. And then something else that we've noticed is paying a lot more attention to the menstrual cycle and what that means for performance and how you should train and eat. A lot of coaches, they're uncomfortable speaking about, but is really important for the health of the female athlete. It is. It's funny because I was actually just speaking with somebody from a company called Wild AI. Mm -hmm. And if you're not familiar with them, they track your menstrual cycle and kind of give you nutritional advice and, and what to do with that. And she was telling me that a lot of teams are utilizing this, but the females don't really want to share their information because they're worried their coaches are going to see it and not want to put them out on the field. So we had a, we did our first conference ever for DFS was October 2022. And we had Jill speak to a room of male strength coaches. We didn't have a single female strength coach in at the lecture. We had about 25, 30 of them. The room was silent and she just went in on this topic. And there was a guy, his name's Ben Prentice, who's on our board. He is probably as close to the most decorated you could get as a strength coach. He's trained hundreds of athletes. You go into his gym, it's NHL players, NFL players, MLB players lining the wall. He's been doing it for decades. And he was writing notes down, like the whole talk. So I think there are... So people who want to be great at their at their craft carry in my mind something called a white belt mentality. So they understand that they don't know everything and they're they're forever students. And the ones who think like that are becoming aware of this topic and for them their job is to make their athletes succeed the most, right? Be in the best possible shape. So they're not running away from it, they're not trying to judge based off it. What they're trying to do is say how do I take all this new information and I craft it to build the best program for my athlete and to support them both in their sport and their overall health. So I think what you're going to see is the old guard or people who think they know it all are going to brush this topic under the rug. And I can see why the athletes get really uncomfortable, like sharing that. But if you have a good strength coach in your corner, I think sharing that information can really help you out on your journey. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I mean, even just if you, improve just one or two percent just based on the information i mean that that could make a huge difference yeah and it makes a huge difference in their life and i think again that's a really good coach versus uh i think what makes a really good coach is they realize the athlete is an athlete but also a human being and what they do in their human being life can have a great impact on their athletic performance so mm -hmm. again you know imagine you're a 16 year old girl now your menstrual cycle's off because you're not eating enough. 
and you're exhausted throughout the day, you're pounding energy drinks to get through the day. How are you going to perform best at your sport? How are you going to show up good in your social life? Are you going to do well in school? Are you going to build good relationships? Like, so the coach that understands those quantitative aspects of the athlete are the ones who succeed long term. And I think if you're an athlete, you should have no guilt on trying to find somebody who supports that part of your life as well. Mm hmm. I love that white belt mentality that you described. Thank you for sharing that with me. And thanks to Jill. Shout out to Jill. I'll have to talk with her at some we point. We have a, okay, so yeah, she is, she's been a dietitian for NFL players, NBA players, like the highest level athlete. Her passion is female youth athletes because of what happened to her. And when she gets fired up, she gets fired up. She's like, she's, you know, she lives in Dallas. She has that, that uh, Texas drawl in her voice. It's really cool to see her go off. Um, we have our own podcast actually called Leaders in Sport. And if you want, you can go check out some of her content. She's had a couple of really good episodes with us. And I think this is actually a massive issue. I think, you know, men traditionally got all the focus. I think there's probably not much difference in how many female athletes versus male athletes there are in youth and college now. And I think mm -hmm. they need to start getting the same attention. And as a brand, I made sure I didn't want to run away from this topic. Like this was important to me because they often get ignored. And, yeah, you know, if we're trying to change the health of the world, that's 50 percent of the population. You can't ignore them. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate you not only not shying away from the topic, but actually giving us the attention we deserve. You know, women's health is a force to be reckoned with, and I think, thankfully, brands are starting to recognize that. So switching gears, what is your prediction for the growth trajectory of the sports nutrition industry in 2024? So I like to observe. I think I think everything's a fractal of everything. So the only thing I know and I have awareness of is my own immediate circle. And what I've seen is everyone in every demographic there's an increased desire to know more about sports nutrition and supplements before when i would tell people what i did people thought it was a fake career and they almost looked down mm -hmm. on me now when i tell people what i so I, i'm part of this group called genius network um which is out in phoenix i don't know if you're familiar with joe polish mm -mm. Basically, it's a it's a mastermind group for entrepreneurs uh, of a certain level. There's some people in that room that, you know, you read the book of a bestsellers, best New York Times bestsellers. They've been on TV. They've built some platforms that have, one guy's, you know, exited his company for six hundred million dollars. Like there's some really successful people. And my, the point I'm getting to is I walk in the room and I'm probably the least impressive person when it comes to my finances. But. There's a, a strong desire and they and there's almost a respect now in what I do. So like I literally was sitting beside someone who was talking about exiting his company for 600 million. And he was talking to me about his hormone panel. How can he get healthy? How can he lose weight? What, what supplements can he take? I just had a call with a lawyer who's, you know, very successful lawyer here in Canada. We had a 40 minute conversation over biohacking. So. I almost want to step out of sports performance supplements and just look at supplements in the health and wellness industry as a whole. And I think it's going to keep blowing up.
Um, I think we have a very, I think we have, uh, you know, there's, there's data supporting that my parents' generation is going to, is going to be the first generation to have a lower life expectancy than the one previous. Testosterone rates are dropping, you know, sperm count in men my age tends to be half the amount and half as strong as my dad's generation. So I think the canary in the coal mine has started. I think what was whispers that were ignored are now starting to get to be really, really loud. I think we're about to hit a health, another, I don't want to use the word pandemic, but I think we are not going in the right direction. And now it's getting uncomfortable enough that people are wanting to steer that in the right direction. And we're going to have a big influx of people trying to do everything to fix their health. It's not okay to go to a doctor for five minutes once a year to get your blood checked. Like people are now realizing that if they want to live a fruitful life, that health is the most important thing and that's not going away. So I think there's going to be a lot of long-term growth in our industry that's going to cross generations. It's going to cross wealth gaps, like whether you're, you know, middle class or upper middle class, I think everyone's trying to invest in their health and wellness. Supplements, again, are, are I think, a really big part of it. But, you know, they're going to be driven towards all things to make them healthier. Like one random thought. Sorry, it just popped in my head. I know I go on ADD. Rants. <laughs> it's um, okay. <laughs> my degree is in environmental science. And what's funny is at the time when I was in school, I thought I either wanted to be an environmental lawyer. And honestly, I had a, a desire to make a lot of money. So it wasn't going to be for the positive side. Or I wanted to sell securities <laughs> in environmentally clean energy because I thought it was going to be a big trend. I got sick and I got pushed into this industry. It's funny when you look back in your life, the things that stick out, you know, how many lectures do you go to when you're in college? There's one lecture that stuck out, and that was us looking at soil quality in 1974 versus soil quality in 2000. Zinc, magnesium, and selenium were almost barren in the soil in 2000. We're now in 2024, so I can only imagine where it's at now compared to the levels in 1970. You look at a lot of the health issues now. How many people have thyroid issues? A lot. Many. Selenium is one of the main minerals for your thyroid. How many people have anxiety, depression? They're restless all the time. Well, magnesium is one of the main minerals you need for that. How many people's immune system is compromised? If you look at men, their testosterone levels are in the toilet. Zinc governs that. So I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know what those minerals meant to me. Like I just thought they were on like a like a chart or whatever. But it's almost like that was the crystal ball to see what the health issues were going to be. And I don't think they've gotten better. I, I look at people my age. So many of them are tired and burnt out. I'm in my late 30s. I'm supposed to be in nearly the prime of my life. And a lot of my friends are just exhausted. A lot of my generation is, is exhausted. Chronic issues are through the roof. So I think, again, crystal ball. I don't have a number, but we are going to see keep seeing a, a growth trajectory in this industry. So whether you're a dietitian, nutritionist, personal trainer, naturopath, functional medicine doctor, I think your businesses are going to see a consistent boon over the next decade at least. Mm-hmm. Was that too ranty? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No. Okay. I'm so fascinated by all of this. Um, before I let you go, What's mm -hmm. next? Is there, I don't know, any new research or products or shows you're going to or updates or anything? What's next? I think how light affects us is becoming a lot more of a focal point with people. 
I think Huberman's opened a lot of, up a lot of people's minds. So I, I have a small coaching practice on the side where I do breath work and, and other things. And the amount of people wanting to get coached in breath work, the amount of people wanting to understand circadian rhythm. I just got an earthing mat and I already have like half a dozen friends asking me about the earthing mat. So I think what's going to happen is like any industry, we're going to have more and more people come into the supplements. I think the supplements is like the gateway drug into natural health. And then what happens is the supplements get you to a certain point and you got to change your lifestyle. And then you that opens up a whole nother Pandora's box of things because how does light affect you? How does EMF affect you? How does your sleep affect you? You know, are you breathing properly? So I'm seeing like the people who've been in supplements for, let's say, the past half a decade to a decade are starting to get really into the other stuff. And then people are sort of coming into this funnel. They're going to get into supplements and then get dragged into the other things. So what I think the next explosive thing is are the non-food and supplement trends to improving your health. Okay. Um, I got to ask, what is an earthing mat? So you basically have this mat that you plug into an outlet that is supposed to ground you and your electrical charge, similar to you sleeping on a sand beach or in the forest. And it's actually like, you know, I always go into things with half skepticism because the amount of thousands of dollars I've wasted on different health (laughs) items over the years. This thing was 200 bucks Canadian, so $12 American. And my girlfriend and I... (laughs) We plugged it in the first night. Both of us generally get up like once or twice throughout the night. We were knocked out for like eight hours straight. And our sleeps have gotten significantly better from this little mat you put under your mattress and you plug into the wall. Okay, I'm sold. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like it's a one time investment. And, you know, you can get it. I got one for the dog. That's I put I put in the dog's <laughs> uh, pen that we have. He runs towards his pen now to lie on the um to lie on his grounding mat. Wow. One yeah. more thing to add to my Amazon I got all list. Day. The only thing is you have to make sure your outlet is grounded. So you got to buy a, it's like a $15 thing on Amazon. You can buy to check your outlet. Um, what's it called? Grounding outlet checker. Yeah, that's it. It's like nine bucks on Amazon and they'll tell you if your plug is grounded. Okay. Um. <laughs> Do we go in a million directions? Yeah, I was trying to think of a way to wrap this all up. Um, <laughs> this is why I don't like Sport. reading questions before, because who knows where we're gonna, what rabbit holes we can go down. <laughs> Soil quality, dietary supplements, earthing mats, and so much more. Jordan Boxer, thank you so much for joining me here on the NutriCast. I really appreciate you having us on, or me on, sorry. Us, because I view, I view DFS as a whole team. But yeah, I really appreciate your time. And for those who are interested in products at Designs for Sport, you can use the discount code NUTRA20. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week. <laughs>